Good morning. Hello. How are you guys? Like me, flu again and cold. No worries, not COVID. Every two weeks <laughs> on the flu and cold. So good to be here again. It's my privilege to open God's Word with you. And today I want to invite you for a different journey. We will talk about Revelation, but I want to ask you to open your Bibles with me in Matthew chapter 25. I've explained now in the next minutes why. And if you are watching from YouTube, welcome. I invite you to open your Bible as well. And if you are here for the first, second, third time, if you're watching uh, for, for the first time and you have some questions, oh, what kind of church is this? Who are those guys? And this guy with a weird accent speaking at the front, we are more than welcome with all the questions. Uh, in this corridor here, we have our amazing team of volunteers ready to help you. And also we have some cards written, get connected. If you have questions about this church, what kind of faith do we have? What we, do we believe about Jesus? You're more than welcome uh, with your questions. We're going to read Matthew chapter 25 this morning. Before we go into the text, let me explain for you and share with you what's happening here. Today, we are finishing a series of teachings in the book of Revelation, the Bible. Dun, 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 dun. Revelation. Oh, I'm afraid of Revelation. And we had, I don't know if it's ready, the first um, slide. If Ben's there with the first slide, but I had prepared some slides. We had seven sermons in Revelation uh, with me and Ken sharing here with you guys. It was an amazing journey for me. Yeah, it's there. From, let me just go down here. From 3rd of October, we start, we restart actually, in the chapter 4, the throne in heaven, and then on 10th, chapter 5, the scroll and the lamb. 17th of October, chapter 7, 144,000, and then on 24th, chapter 8 into 60, was amazing teaching. I remember when Ken was sharing about seals, the balls, the trumpets. Uh, 31st, chapter 10, the little scroll, and then we had the New Ground Sunday in the beginning of November. 14th, chap uh, chapter 11, the two witnesses, and 21st, last week, chapter 12, the one the dragon. This was uh, our last sentence in Revelation. It was amazing journey on this book, uh, we call ourselves a church, part of family of churches, and we believe in the Word and the Spirit. We believe in the gifts and the revelation of the Holy Spirit for our days, but also we believe in the exposition of the Word of God. We try to not avoid difficult texts in the Bible. That's why we are going to Revelation. Today, we are not going to read chapter 13 we will at some point in the next year into the end of the book. But today, I'd like to read with you chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 25. Why? Like Ken was uh, uh, teaching us here in this series, uh, we always need to ask questions for the Bible and for the text. And one of those questions is, hmm, where do I see, did I see this before? The Bible is full of repetition, repetition and repetition. We have many stories, they are repeated in the Bible. 
Example, you can have this exercise today. If you open your Bible at your home in Genesis chapter 1 and you start to read, then you stop and you open the very end of your Bible in Revelation chapter 22, you see lots of similarities. And if you go for Genesis chapter 2, 3, and Revelation chapter 24, 20, you see lots of similarities. The Bible is full of repetition. Example, Moses, when he was born, they tried to kill him. Jesus, when he was born, they tried to kill him. Uh, Abraham, with Isaac, his son, he, he took Isaac for the sacrifice and the hill, and Isaac was carrying a wood. Jesus, the Son of God, was killed on the cross outside of Jerusalem and the hill carrying the wood, the cross. We have lots of repetitions in teaching is in the Bible. And today, I want to read with you the teaching of Jesus Christ for his disciples about the end of all things, the revelation, how it will be the end of everything. Now, at the end of this service, you go home. Can you imagine if you just write home and Jesus is sitting in your sofa waiting for you? And Jesus said, oh, the food is ready. Uh, we'll have roast chicken and just take your seat. Now, if Jesus is waiting for me in my sofa and Jesus would say for me, okay, Danny, I have a few minutes for your questions. Ask me anything. I don't know. My first question for him probably it will be um, Jesus, why do we have some people who love marmite? <laughs> <laughs> why? Explain me why. <laughs> now, the disciples, they walked three years with him. And they asked him, they asked him his, uh, this question. Jesus, when and how it will be the end of all things, the end of the world? Give me a date. And they took their phones and the calendar. All right. When? And Jesus started to teach them. And then we have Matthew chapter 24 and Matthew chapter 25. And it's the same teaching that we have in Revelation. Of course, we don't have monsters and dragons. But in the core, it's the same teaching. It's a repetition. Now, we are going to read Matthew chapter 25. But Matthew chapter 25 is part of the answer of this question for the next slide we have there. Play. Coming some point. <laughs> but I can read with you. That's right. Matthew 24, verse 3. Verse 3. <clears throat> uh, 24, verse 3. Oh, it's there. It's there. This was the question. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, olives they, uh, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said. When will this happen? happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of age? Come on, everybody wants to know. When will be the end? 
now we have a new uh, variant of the virus. And now, in the last two years, all these YouTube channels with all kinds of theories and revelation and the end of the world, oh, this is so famous, everybody talks about this now, is the same question from the past. Then Jesus started to explain. I'd love to tell you something. Jesus was teaching in Matthew 24 about the end. He talks about wars, earthquakes, lots of stuff. And then he keeps teaching about the end of all things with parables. We had a series about the parables. And why parables? Because communication is not complete with speaking. It's complete only with understanding. If you get married in the last five minutes, you know what I mean. You say something for your spouse, and, it's, and he or she understands another thing. I'm trying to communicate something, but I'm not responsible about what kind of thing you are understanding. So communication is about understanding. That's why Jesus is teaching the end of all things with three parables in Matthew chapter 25. Jesus is using things that we can relate to to explain things that are in the future. Invisible things. A specific, special moment and Jesus is using parables. Now, we have the next slides. Slide, uh, slide three. And he in Matthew chapter 25, three parables. The first one is from verse 1 into 13, 10 virgins. The second one from verse 14 to 13, three servants. And the last parable is the final judgment. So in the first parable, Jesus is the bridegroom. In the second, Jesus is the master, the Lord. And the last, Jesus is the judge. From 24 to 25, all the things that we can revelation as well. The next slide, we will see, we will start to read uh, Matthew 25, the first parable. Similarity in these three parables. In these three parables, he said he would be absent. He said it will take a long time to return. Now, the first Christians in the first century, they believed that Jesus would come back in their age. But Jesus, he, he talked, it will take a long time. And, and three, he said no one would know when he would return. It's the same teaching we have this in Matthew 24, 25, and Revelation. You see, repetition. Now, let's read Matthew chapter 25. The parable of ten virgins. At the time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins and went out to meet the bridegroom. <clears throat> Verse 2. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took the took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, 
the cry rang out, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Oh, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both, both of us and you. <clears throat> Go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were, they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. Ten virgins who were, who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, banquet feast, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. Lord Jesus, this is your word. Speak with your church. Speak with us this very morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. In the next slide, you will see what kind of lamp we are talking about. This is the lamp. Okay, it's not the torch, it's not a mobile phone, it's this thing. They used to put oil there, and some guys, they say, okay, this uh, remains with light in about half an hour, and other guys, they say, remain with light 15 minutes. It's this kind of lamp they had in, in their hands. Now, if you understand the text and the context of those days, these ten virgins, they were not the bride. They were kind of testimony. We have this word in English, procession, when the people go to the streets with the candles. Or, well, it was the same there. So the bridegroom, he left the house in procession in those days of Jesus and all his friends with these lanterns around. And it was something public. Everybody knew, oh, he's getting married. She's getting married. It was a party. It was this uh, context here. And some similarities in these parables about the um, ten virgins. All of them, they were all women. They were all virgins. They were all in the same place, waiting for the same event, uh, holding lamps. They all had lights in the beginning. All of them slept. All of them. Now, some teachings for us in this verse here. I have some lessons I'd love to share with you about this. First lesson, lesson number one. We love in this church to explain the text, to give you some applications, practical applications for you to take home in your pocket, in your heart. For our family today. It's not first lesson. It's not about intensity, but about constant intensity. Why? The challenge here in this parable is not to start waiting for the bridegroom with light. It's about to end, to finish with light. The Oil here is the representation of the Holy Spirit. It's in the Bible. We know. 
any of us, we start to walk with Jesus full of faith, enthusiasm, and happiness, but after a few years, we feel tired, weak, exhausted, weary, and it's part of the package, it's part of the journey. But for many times, and even this week, I was talking with a man with no oil, with no light anymore. Someone who was in the past was full of joy in God. It's the same, like I said, repetition. We have this in Luke chapter 24. Two disciples of Jesus walking to the small village called Emmaus. And these two guys, they walked with Jesus. They were with him, but now they are full of frustration and disappointment. All the virgins, they had lights. But at the end, just five, they still had lights. And the other ones, no oil anymore. No oil anymore. Now, in John chapter 15, Jesus is talking about to remain in him, to abide in him, and then we would bear fruits. For 10 times in John chapter 15, Jesus is teaching about remaining in me, abiding in him, because without this, we cannot bear fruits. Jesus is not teaching about, okay, you should bear fruits. He's teaching about remain me first. First in me, stay with me, and then you remain fruits. So it's not about to read three chapters of the Bible in one day. It's about to read one chapter for 30 years. It's about the whole journey. It's about to keep your oil there, to protect your oil, to have the flame, to have the light, while you are waiting for the bridegroom. So, I think we, we are living in days that we need to destroy this kind of spiritual bipolarity, spiritual roller coaster. Some days I enjoy Jesus. Some days I don't want to know. I don't want nothing with God or church. Oh, some days I have faith, and other days we are living in this generation that we are led by our emotions, our feelings, our sensations, and this changes every day. And sometimes we understand God, church, Bible in the same mindset. And approach God in the same way. Something that sometimes makes me really happy is to sit with someone after a long journey walking with God and full of passion for Jesus. Full of mission in his heart. I remember, I think it was three years ago that Billy Graham passed away. And I was reading some things from his uh, staff team. He was writing another book. I don't know, the guy was 400 years old. <laughs> he was writing another book and another project and another. When I came to this country, I started to learn about this family of church that we are part of, New Frontiers and all of these. I didn't have this information in my country. And then Steve took me to talk with Terry. In my head, I was thinking, okay, Terry Vigo oh, is an old man with no energy. He was full of passion for the mission. The last time we were together, we had to... he, he asked me, Danny, how can reach nations in South America with healthy church? I said, come on, man, go to Spain for the beach and relax. Full of passion. The lamp was there. The flame was there. The oil was there. At the end of journey. 
Now, if you are starting or restarting your walk with Jesus, okay. But this parable, everybody was the same in the same conditions, waiting for the same event. All of them, they received this invitation, this lamp. But just few of them, they still had oil at the end of the journey. We need to stop to give up in our faith in the second Christ. Why second Christ? Because the first Christ of faith, if you're okay, I will overcome. And, and then uh, after that difficult moment in the church or family, and everybody was praying with you, and, and God was with you, you, you got victory, and okay. Two years later, three, three years later, another crisis. Then we gave up. Oh, everything again now. We need to stop. We need to remain. We need to stand. We need to abide in Him. We need to have light for the end. And the end, it is coming. Second lesson is in the verse 8. I'll close my Bible. Verse 8. Second lesson. Okay, we read this story. They asked, can I have some of your oil? Oil cannot be borrowed. Walk with the person full of oil. It's not enough to have my own oil, my own experience and presence of the Holy Spirit. I used to say in our home, with our family, the girls are here, um, that God doesn't have any grandchildren. They cannot live in my shadow or my dad or they need to walk with Jesus by themselves. Of course, we teach, we pray for them and all of this. But they need to get to know Jesus. I cannot borrow, I cannot give to someone else my oil. Because it comes with a price, at a price. If you read the text in verse 8, they said, Oh, can you give us some of our oil? And, and the other virgins, they replied, No, uh, just go and buy some for you. We cannot give to you. No one can seek God in your place. Doesn't matter, oh, my church, or my pastor, or my small group, or that guy on YouTube. Oh, they preach really well. I like that song. I like that preacher. But then when you stop to watch that video, when you finish the church on Sunday morning, you need to seek God. You need to walk with Him by yourself. The bridegroom is coming. You need to have your torch, your light there, but you need to walk with him. You cannot wait for someone else or to get someone else oil for your life. In Luke chapter 2, again, it's a repetition. Mary is walking, coming back from Jerusalem to her village, Mary, Joseph, and, and they couldn't find Jesus. Oh, where is he? He was here. He had 12 years old. I don't know where he is. Uh, okay, let's keep walking. After the whole day walking, they thought that Jesus was playing or with the, the other kids or someone else. And they, they had to return to Jerusalem and they were uh, looking for Jesus. And this is our tragedy. We think that Jesus is with my dad, with my mom, with my church, with that good preacher. Many guys from the new generation, solid teenagers. Guys, you need to get to know Jesus by yourself. 
your mom, your dad, your pastor, your church, etc., etc., they are not God for you. You need to get your own oil. And why this is important? Because we are living this kind of spoiled generation. And it's not only teenagers or kids. Adults, 35, 40 years old, behaving like teenagers. I was checking some numbers of uh, people buying... Let me explain this, because I'm not against entertainment. I have Amazon, what's the name? Amazon Prime, yeah, the videos, Netflix, everything in our home. We are a normal family, but, but, the main, uh, the average age in public who pay for very expensive money for video games and all kinds of modern games, they are male, and they are not kids. They are around 30, for, I'm not speaking against video games, but I'm talking the behavior of men acting like boys or ladies acting like spoiled girls. When the oil comes with the price, I need to pay something. I'm not talking about free salvation in Christ. I'm talking about to have oil of the Holy Spirit to remain that flame alive. A friend of mine, he's a businessman, and he was sharing with me this experience. He said, look, we hired a boy with 25 years old to work with us. After uh, three months working, he came to the office asking for, oh, I need around 90 days and holidays. And why? What's happening? Is someone sick or something? No, it's just because my sister is living in California and they love to spend some time with her. And the, the boss said, no, <laughs> no. And he was full of coffee. Oh, I need these days and holidays. Or another friend. Oh, I'm getting divorced. And I said, why? Uh, I don't know. Uh, we don't match anymore. We are so different. I cannot hang out with my friends anymore. Of course not. <laughs> oh, I cannot spend my money in my own time. What's happening? If God, God cannot require anything. God or the church is very demanding if said to the people, you need to pray, you need to repent, you need to read your Bible. Oh, no, 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 no. I just want to feel pleasure all the time. I want to feel pleasure. God is my waiter, okay? He's my serve. He needs to serve me all the time. And when come to the oil of the Holy Spirit, the answer in the verse 8 and 9 says, go and buy some for you. Every sermon, every teaching in the weekends on this church makes you responsible for the information that you are receiving. It makes you aware, okay, I need to change my habits, my behavior, I need to surrender my life, I need to come to Jesus, I need to bring my family, I need to teach my kids. Yes, you do. Because the bridegroom is coming. 
And it's funny because all the ten virgins, they were in the same environment. It's like church. You have people from everywhere, every nation, every kind of uh, background. Everybody sometimes is sleeping. Our generation sometimes it is sleeping. Until the moment that the cry rang out. Sound the bell. Someone wake you up. Come on, the bridegroom is coming. You need to change your life. Change your, your marriage life. Change the way that you raise your kids. Repent of your sins. Come to him because the bridegroom is coming. Some people wake. Some people say, oh yes, he's really coming. Let's go. And some people are not prepared. If you keep reading Matthew, Matthew chapter 25... Jesus finished this story, start another one, and another one, if you join all together, is the message of revelation. The bridegroom is coming. There's a judgment coming. There's grace, mercy, salvation, and love available. Some will wake up. Some will say, oh, I don't want to waste my time anymore. Third lesson. To have oil until the end, you just need one word. What is the first word in the verse 9? Can someone read for, for me, please? I, mm. So, in the original Greek, no, it's no. In the Hebrew or Aramaic or whatever, it's no. No. The oil... To have oil until the end. Hey, Danny, have you watched that new series with 300 seasons? No. Hey, Danny, let's go doing that thing with that guys in that place. Or No. Guys, what's the name that, that he's famous now? I think he's from Africa. Uh, and the internet, the guy who does like this. I, I'm sure you have... Watch it. He does like this. What's the name? Is it for easy solutions? TikTok. TikTok. For, sometimes are very complicated. And this guy, he finds easy solutions. And he presents the solutions like this. Voila. I was talking with my girls another day. And friends inviting for every kind of situations. And I said to my girls, just say no. Bling. No. Because the world, the friends, the environment, the entertainment, the culture, everything, you try to take the oil from you. Give me your oil. And we need to learn how to protect our fellowship, our life with God. <laughs> to keep the oil until the end for the wedding feast, I need to say no for myself. I need to say no, say no for my emotions, no for some friends, no for some kind of behaviors, no for some kind of films, websites, no. Sometimes it's hard to say no. We need to learn. It's hard to say no because no just reveals my priorities in my life. The things that I choose to say yes and to say no. And sometimes to say yes to someone else is to say no for me. And sometimes when I read the Bible against myself, 
I understand, okay, I need to say no for this. Please, Jesus, help me. And sometimes, even for good stuff. Example, if you read later on in your Bible, Mark chapter 3, it's happening around Jesus, a revival meeting. Okay, people get healed, praising the Lord, praising the Lord. So in Mark chapter 3, from verse 8, the, the Gospel of Mark says that people from six different areas and towns, Jerusalem, Judea, six different places, they were coming to Jesus, and Jesus was in, in one specific place. Everybody came, lots of people, the queue to be healed, lots of people pushing him from everywhere. And they were being healed for miracles happening. Now, if I'm there in the meeting like this, like Azusa Street, revival came, whoa, praise the Lord, yes. But at some point, surrounded by those guys and people from everywhere and disciples and kids running, it was a very Pentecostal meeting. At some point, Jesus said, excuse me, guys, no. And he went to the mountain to stay with God the Father. And from that meeting with God, from that moment of prayer, he came back and he chose 12 guys to walk with him. What is this teaching? Before important decisions, spend time with God. Say no for some things. Say no for some people. Learn how to protect your oil. Jesus Christ is coming back. We are living in this generation now. We can read and see the signs around us all the time. If you watch the news, if you read Matthew chapter 24, if you were here in this series of Revelation, you see, come on, it's happening. How can I fire up my soul before Him? And if, what if you say no for distractions this next week? And what if you have a list with three things that you should avoid this next week to spend time with God? And what if you start to read, hey guys, here in this home, we want to start to read one chapter of the Bible together. I don't know how to preach. You don't need to preach. Read the psalm. Read the, uh, one chapter we start to say no for some things who keeps trying to get our oil learn how to protect this because the bridegroom it's coming I'm going to the end and I love this part here so the bridegroom arrived the five wise virgins came they went uh, to the, the, the feast the celebration of the wedding with him. But then the other five came, and the answer in verse 12 was, I don't know you. It's the same answer Jesus gave in Matthew chapter 7. Again, Bible is a repetition. I don't know you. Who are you? I don't know you. Having formation is not having relationship with someone. Example, football. Famous football player, 
Cristiano Ronaldo. Okay, he's, I think he's the best of the world this year. Yeah, it's the Portuguese football Cristiano Ronaldo, the handsome guy. Now, uh, you can be a leader of Cristiano Ronaldo fan club. Is fan club the name of that? Fan club, okay. You are the leader of the Cristiano Ronaldo fan club, and you know everything about him. Okay, his uh, birthday, or what kind of food he enjoys to eat, and what kind of music, and everything about him. But you're not his friend. You cannot, you cannot go to his house. His friend can go to his house. And maybe Cristiano Ronaldo's friend doesn't know so much about him Then you, you know more because you are the fan club leader, president, whatever. But you don't know how is his house when he is inside the house. You see, Bible is not only about to study the Bible, which is important, but it's much more than this. I can study C.S. Lewis' life and read all his books, but I cannot go and spend time with him drinking a coffee or a tea, in my case, coffee, With him in his house is not possible. I can do this with the author of the Bible. So to have knowledge or information is not the same as have relationship. The five fool, foolish fool, why, uh, uh, virgins, they had all the information, the postcode, the address, oh, the, the, the wedding is there, we have oils now, let's go. But the answer was, Who are you? I, I don't know you. We were in the same church 20 whatever years, and we knew everything about the Bible. But the bridegroom, well, wait, I, where you came from? I don't remember to see your tears. I don't remember to spend time with you. I don't remember to, I remember some words without heart. I remember when you were singing, but without heart. I really don't know you. What is the ten virgins parable? It's a wake-up call for the church of Jesus. And I like this when the verse, I think it's verse six, says the cry, cry rang out. It was not a whisper, it was not a polite conversation. Someone was crying. Someone was shaking. Come on! Bridegroom is coming because sometimes it's the only way we can learn something. The bridegroom is coming. Get ready. He's coming back. Now, I want to ask you, Ian, to play the next song. We can sing together. But after this song, we're going to pray. And I want to invite you to bring your heart, your mind, your emotions We are feeling, uh, finishing early today. Look, it's nice. You can spend more time having a coffee and tea and think about the lunch later on. But now I need you here. Will you praise Jesus and you, you think in the words that you are speaking to him. And after this moment of prayer, I'll be back on the stage and we'll be praying together. Okay, let's, let's sing.